All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Oilers Nation After Dark. Connor Halley with you. We've got Gavin, the intern, alongside me tonight running this show. And later on, we will be joined by Waz. But before we get to that and the good, the bad, the Oilers, we'll give a quick rundown of what went down tonight. And it was a great game if you're an Oilers fan. Uh, the message is already coming in on Facebook. Berlin Wall. We'll get to that in a second. But for the Edmonton Oilers, an absolutely great night. Their last game before the All-Star break and a bit of a bye week. They're off until now February 7th when they'll take on the Detroit Red Wings. But what a way to wrap it up with a big seven three victory i'll give you a quick rundown of exactly what happened in case you missed it then we'll get to the good the bad the oily we'll bring in waz and gavin and they break down this game if you're on youtube hello shout out to everyone on youtube hit that like button we'll get to your comments in a second on facebook we see you there as well and uh, let's get right into it uh, it started off great the edmonton oilers first shot of the game tyson berry on the power play gets his sixth goal of the season that would be it for the first period then he jumped to the second jason dickinson would get the blackhawks into the game with his seventh goal of the season but it wouldn't last long, and that seemed to wake up the oilers it might have been the brent kulak fight as well because the oilers would score four straight 
Leon Dreisel on the power plate. Tyson Berry would get his second of the game. Connor McDavid gets in on the scoring his 41st of the season. Then Zach Hyman gets in on it as well. The Edmonton Oilers, four goals in the period. They went into the third, leading 5-1. to one. Jonathan Taves would score on the power play, but Evander Kane would score seconds later, giving the Oilers uh, back that lead. Ryan McLeod gets a goal. We didn't know if it was in or not, but it did cross the line. His eighth goal of the season. Taylor Radish scores late, but it would not matter as the Edmonton Oilers cruise to a 7-3 victory and in case you missed it uh, kind of a fun storyline to come from this emergency backup goalie Matthew Berlin gets in he makes one save on one shot plays two minutes 26 seconds he's a goalie with the U of A Golden Bears 4-1 on the season in five games played what a story for Matthew Berlin absolutely awesome and the Edmonton Oilers breaking the reverse retro curse. So good to see the Oilers go one, two, and two with those jerseys. They will not wear them anymore this season. Heading into the All-Star break, 28, 18, and eight for 60 points. One point out of third in the Pacific, but the Oilers playing some really good hockey right now. They'll get a chance to rest. Of course, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Stuart Skinner, who missed tonight due to a illness. Hopefully, we'll all be heading down to Miami for the All-Star game. Florida wherever it is. Uh, Let's get to the good, the bad, the oily right now brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstone Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokerage with over 90 years of success and still growing. Visit cornerstoneins.ca slash nation to get an online tenant or condo insurance quote in just a few minutes and use discount code nation for an exclusive rate to find out why Cornerstone Insurance Brokers are ranked amongst the best in Alberta. Give them a follow on Twitter at CornerstoneINS8 or on Instagram at CornerstoneYEG. And with this, we bring in Waz. Waz, I think you can hear me. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Yeah, oh my God. I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I feel great. Oh my days. What a game. I don't, you... I don't even know how to process what just happened. <laughs> He got the jersey on and everything. The, Is that dry side? I got the hat to match it. Oh my god! I like um, it. I like it. Yeah, uh, I, I just kind of witnessed what happened with uh, Matt Berlin. I was grabbing a glass of wine, so cheers to him. And next thing you know, I see uh, Matt Berlin coming in. So I kind of missed the uh, <laughs> early entrance, but I saw him like skating. I'm like, like I, I, I don't mind me if I swear. I'm like, holy shit! They're bringing in the, in the, the emergency backup. What he's yeah. doing. Wow. Yeah, Jay Woodcroft gets a lot of credit for that one. I love that move. 226. I'm thinking if this goes wrong, this is going to be a very (laughs) bad look for the Oilers. I didn't think he'd do it that soon, but he did love to see it for Berlin. What an experience. I know he was talking, I think, to Scott Oakers for the game. Super cool. Uh, Why don't we get to the good starting off here tonight? And, you know, for the Oilers, lots of good. And there's lots of things we could have gone with, but uh, we're going to go with the special teams on this one. And, uh, you know, I mean, it started off with Tyson Berry getting the power play goal. We saw Leon Drysettle get one. It was two for two at that point. And, you know, the first penalty kill, no shots. I know they did get a goal late. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taves on the power play. Uh, Vinny Dayarnay making him pay for that goal in front. But uh, good to see the Oilers' power play play pretty well and really not give up a goal till the game's already out of reach. You're okay with that one. Oh, 100%. I just kind of lost count on how many goals are going on. And, and I couldn't tell they're five on five or they're on the power play. Like, there was, was so much going on. And so, just strange goals overall in this game. But, you know, the special teams were pretty solid. I think Gavin gave us a nice statistic about the PK as well. And just overall, really good game from the Oilers. They really need to snatch these two points off of Chicago. Considering how the Columbus game went, you know, there was kind of that little like mystique that the Oilers do bad against 
um, bad teams. But now they're, I think, nine and three against bottom opposition or something like that. There's a couple overtime losses in there. So honestly, yeah, the special teams, it's the Oilers. It's their specialty, honestly. (laughs) That's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, the the power play, we know how good it is, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, uh, special teams of PK, if if that can get the improvements the way we've seen it in the past, uh, things are looking good. Uh, Why don't we jump to the bad here? And on a night like tonight, there's not too much bad. But we're going to call out the one thing. It's Oilers Nation. We're going to say goalie interference. Come on, yeah. Connor McDavid did not touch him. It might have been the, the wind from the speed that McDavid creates. Should have been another goal. We wanted eight, but uh, that, that's the, the bad tonight. Yeah, and that's, that's really about it. And it's like we were kind of talking to our group chats. Like, what was the bad tonight? There wasn't much. Well, we'll, we'll go with goaltender interference. You can always kind of blame the officials here and there it's <laughs> i mean it, it would have it wouldn't have made a difference right so we'll, we'll go with goaltender interference yeah i mean and i don't know if betway had anything uh eight goals for and, and maybe someone's ticked off they missed about mm-hmm. on that one but i mean pretty much everything else he would have thrown money down on betway tonight worked out power play goals uh points props anything you might have done i mean if you took oilers money line not the biggest right. payout but puck line could have got you some money there uh, betway check them out 19 plus bet responsibly uh bob here on facebook says that goal by mcleod was comical yeah i mean it, it was wild <laughs> I, was, I was happy to see him get a goal it was just like like i said there was nice goals there was weird goals like that one you kind of got a mix of everything in this hockey game and it was just good to see the boys enjoying themselves on a saturday night you know this this is just a great win to go into the break, right? So uh, it was good to see all smiles all around. I wish Yessa Poyarvi could have got a goal or, you know, Nuge didn't get a goal, I don't think, either. So it's it's interesting. So, But, you know, it's okay to have the goal scoring kind of spread out. Yeah, it, it was point night. Uh, Nuge did end up with two assists. McDavid at three points. McLeod, two points. Drysaddle, three points. Hyman, three points. Uh, Ryan Poyarvi, Yanmark Holloway pointless on the night but uh, a lot of guys getting in on the action tonight now why don't we jump to the oily and for the oily it's got to be matthew berlin the yeah. e-bug we found out Stuart skinner didn't practice this morning wasn't gonna make it uh it kind of dropped right before the game and a, a teammate of Stuart skinner matthew berlin at the Southside mm. athletic club and he gets in there with two minutes 26 seconds faces one shot and uh i mean that's just super cool the 25 year old the golden bear he played in the whl he played in the aj and for him to get that opportunity super cool those are the things you just love to see and especially just to cap off a night like you said so much good this just made it even more special well you know it says a lot when uh even a uh flames account i follow audi james says this is a matt berlin fan account now so it's not just Oilers fans who are loving this moment. It's the whole hockey world. It's just such a heartwarming moment. It was so unexpected, you know. And anytime you hear about an emergency backup goal, you're always wondering, oh, maybe, maybe there's a chance. It never does happen up until now. It's just it's so good to see. Um, and I think I, I'm sure you mentioned uh, uh, Matt Berlin used to play for the Sherwood Park Crusaders as well. So in- interesting. Just what a what a night for the guy. Hundred percent, and you know you face that shot that he does takes the blocker. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's super cool. Probably has so many people just watching, just even just to see him on TV. I mean, that's yeah. pretty cool to see him wearing the jersey on the bench, and then uh, they they had that shot of him down the tunnel, kind of with the helmet on, starting to get ready. And 
it's uh it's quite the moment for him so very cool and uh, I know we got some people saying uh, we're not live on YouTube. We'll try to get going on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. Aaron, our usual producer, I, I think he's going to uh, try to figure that one out. Gavin's on it. Gavin's more than capable. So we'll get going on uh, yeah. on YouTube right away here. Right away here. Uh, the the chat here on Facebook, pretty good too. Well, you guys doing your thing. Uh, Colton says, uh, can we talk about how good that Lafferty Kulak scrap was? 100%. Oh, I mean, and, you know, Brett Kulak, he, he fights. And then the Oilers score three goals, I think, right after that. Probably got the boys going. I did not know that Kulak could hold his own like that. Yeah, that was just a solid, good scrap. And we haven't really seen kind of like a consistent tilt like that, I guess, all season. And, you know, interesting enough, you look back at January, the Oilers have had a bunch of fights. And it was, I, I think uh, Lafferty was, uh, he had a little bit of a bloody face there. So it was just, just kind of really random, but honestly, just added on top of what was a great Saturday night victory for the Oilers. You had everything. You had the e-bug, you had a fight, you had goals, you had the McLeod goal. Like, it, it was just everything. And um, it's I like to see more. I like seeing. I like to see fighting in hockey. Is that a bad thing to say? I don't know. Some people say it should be out of the game. I like to see a, a scrap here and there. Well, yeah, and I mean, I I tweeted it out during this stretch of their mm-hmm. better play. We're starting to see, you know, the team fight a little bit more. I don't know if there's a little more togetherness or or what it is. Guys willing to step up for. Maybe it's a coincidence, but I I think you know that, that they're starting to become a way more rounded hockey team. And part of it mm-hmm. is being that physical presence. I'm with you. I'm I'm totally okay with fighting in a situation where that like may, yeah. maybe more people are looking at Kulak to drop the gloves now. Maybe, but at the same time, you don't want him like you know <laughs> putting getting in inside the box too much, right? So from time to time, it's okay. But I'm not surprised. Kulak, what is he from Sony playing? I'm not surprised he can drop the minutes. Honestly, he's, he's a good old Alberta boy, as they say. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. One thing I want to throw out there, I mean, Zach Hyman this year, I mean, obviously he's been really good. What, 26 goals now on the season. But did you see during the second period there, they panned to him on the bench and he was sitting beside Ryan McLeod and he was just kind of giving him some pointers? Those are the things. Yeah, I mean, those are the things I love to see. It's not necessarily all on the ice, but the things that Zach Hyman can relay on to Ryan McLeod, a guy who, you know, probably could have a similar skill set, maybe a little bit faster. But if he can, you know, add those little things to his game, it's going to go a long way. So I I love seeing that kind of stuff on the bench. I think Ryan McLeod, the area where he kind of can improve, and this is kind of something you gradually improve improve on, is just kind of his physical presence. You know, he's not the strongest or biggest guy, but neither is Zach Hyman, but then again, Zach Hyman's like 29. So he's still got some time to build some muscle. So I think that's the only comment I'd say about McLeod is just build a little bit more muscle because he's got the speed. He's got some nifty hands and it, it, just give it a couple. He, he, once he gets more experience, he'll be a solid addition to, or a solid player for this lineup. I like him in our bottom six. Uh, and I think he can sometimes rotate through the top six, but yeah, I just, I would say it's, you know, McLeod, get a little bit more muscle. <laughs> yeah. 23 years old, right? Yeah. I mean, still very, very exactly. young. I'm 26. I have like no muscle. So yeah. <laughs> hey, if we were paid to do that, I, I, I contend mm-hmm. that you and I would be a lot more muscular, you know, if we were getting paid to do so yes. like Tori on Facebook says Hyman was a stellar ad and we've had him for a while. hundred percent. I mean, we, we know he's been around. Uh, greatest free agent acquisition in Oilers history? I Pro- uh, Probably. I, it's tough to say. I, I'm, I, You'd have to look back at some previous signings, but he's definitely top three right now. And 60 points by this point of the year is incredible. 
Um, and like Colton said, best-selling children's book author. He's also the CEO of an esports company, but he doesn't really talk about too much. But uh, yeah, Zach Hyman. I'm, I hope he can finish the year with like 85, 90 points. Like him and Nugent Hopkins are having career years, and you love to see it. And you know, this is the year for the Oilers to probably you know go all in, as we say. Like everyone's producing career highs. Yeah, 100%. Getting it from the bottom six. And hey, I'll I'll take it a step further. I'll, I'll say it. He is the greatest free agent acquisition in the Oilers history. I mean, I, I, a lot of the guys that they brought in were trades, drafts, and, yeah. you know, there's not the biggest list. So if anybody wants to challenge me, Twitter, Facebook, mm. YouTube, bring it on. I, yeah, I'm putting him above Milan Lucic. Oh, easily. So if you look at the past 10 years, easily the best free agent signing. And then you kind of like, you know, go further back. I, I don't really know. Maybe, maybe someone around that 2006 era, right? But I no, no name really comes to, um, comes to mind for me. Uh, Julian says, better of a deep playoff runner. It's all for nothing. Julian, yes. But enjoy yeah. tonight. Enjoy tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of time to worry about that. The one thing I would say is like, let's just kind of focus on the right now. Focus on this moment. Like as much as it's nice to think about like how far we can go in the playoffs. Let's worry about that when we get to May, April. You know, season ends April 12th. So, you know, let's just enjoy what we've got going on right now. The Oilers have a bit of a break. I, I, I think it's it's fun to fantasize how deep this team can go, but there's still some parts I need some work. But, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy the moment because, you know, we just lost to Columbus and now we beat Chicago. It's easy to kind of – emotions flip so easily here, I think. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'll tell you, we, we did our show on Wednesday and it was pretty dark. There's a lot of people <laughs> upset and Zach and I and Aaron were like, Hey guys, like just throwing it out there. They had one, you know, sixth in a row going into this game. They still picked up a point. So now we're looking at it. What? Yeah. Seven of their last eight consecutive games, eight now with it's, at least one point. Like they're, they're playing good hockey. It was a bad game. We know Yeah. they lost in overtime, but I, I, I still think, and, I mean, the confidence is high here. And they made it up tonight by beating Chicago 7-3. There, you know, I think Campbell could have done a little better, I think, on the first or second goal. I don't really know about the third goal, maybe Nurse. But, like, I don't want to focus too much on the negatives because you got the two points, right? Like, it's the NHL. I think the, I think the goal scoring rate in the NHL has kind of gone up a bit in general. So, it's like, I'm not surprised if we're letting in two to three goals. But, honestly, credit to Jack Campbell as well. He, honestly, came into January, had a really good month. You know, we look at Connor McDavid, we look at Zach Hyman, but props to Jack Campbell for really kind of turning his season around and hopefully he can carry some of this momentum going into February. The Oilers don't play until February 7th against Detroit. Hopefully Stuart Skinner is feeling better by then because hopefully we'll see him at the All-Star game. But I, I'm liking what we're seeing on Jack Campbell. Yeah, you know what? I mean, the the power play goal, Jonathan Taves gets inside position on Vinny Dayarnay. That That's going to happen. Dayarnay mm-hmm. <laughs> still played, what, like five games? Jonathan Taves, pretty good future yeah. Hall of Famer. Knows what he's doing. So, you know, I'll give them the pass on that one. And then I'll even say that's the third goal. What a play by Max Domi. That pass to Taylor Radish, phenomenal. And it was a beautiful finish. Yeah. I mean, if Campbell makes a save, it's a bonus. But uh, those are good players. They're going to make their plays. Now, here's one for you. And I'll throw this out there to the people on uh, the Facebook chat as well as on YouTube. Was if you could bring in one Chicago Blackhawk and you have to factor in the cost because that is a factor, knowing that Patrick Kane's going to cost you a little bit more, mm. Jonathan Taves would be a little bit less, and Max Domi would be even less than that. Is there a preference who, who you'd have from that team? 
I would probably go with Jonathan Taves because we yeah. know he can be a good, you know, defensive centerman. He's got leadership qualities. He's got the experience. And I think the best way, I think Tyler mentioned to me, it's like, how do you make Jonathan Taves work? Well, there's been a lot of talk of that this year, the third party broker. So that's where you bring in a third team that maybe retain some salary. That's the one, probably the only way you can bring in Jonathan Taves. I would love to see him as an Edmonton Oiler. Duncan Keith would probably convince him a bit. Hey, man, it's not too bad playing here in Edmonton. Go on a deep playoff run, and it's a good time. So, Jonathan Davis, if he's your third-line center, I would not be mad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that'd be a really nice addition, especially come playoff time. Uh, we've got some more messages here. Uh, Colton on Facebook says, Kaner is back. My fantasy hockey season might be saved. Colton, we hope for you. Uh, let's jump over to YouTube here. Hello, Dr. Gonzo, uh, BN, Keaton Loomis, Clay, uh, Rusty, the Reckless Optimist has mm-hmm. to be in there. Hello to everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, make sure you hit that like button. I think we're only at eight, and one of them's mine. So hit that like button. Let's boost those numbers right there and uh, we'll get to some of the comments coming in here. Uh, those were... Not goals I would fault Campbell for, says QF Pro 21. Uh, Bobby Ringette says, all positives tonight. Felt like the bottom six yeah. is digging and the 11 and 7 is working. <laughs> Chris Hyman legally owns part of my heart. Uh, yeah, Zach Hyman, hard not to like him. Dr. Gonzo legally oh. applied to adopt Zach Hyman. Good I, move. Good move. I would love to see how that process works of adopting an adult human being, but okay. It would be. <laughs> I mean, do you get part of his, like, um, the money he makes from his gaming company or books? Because that'd be pretty cool. Um, I I asked you there, and I just said, uh, you know, which Blackhawk would you want on this team? Factoring the cost of it. uh, Keaton says Taves. Loomis says Domi. BN says Taves. Clay says Taves all the way. And uh, Dr. Gonzo says, no, I want him to adopt me. Yeah, I mean, maybe he would. Yeah. he seems like a good guy. That Zach yeah, Hyman, maybe, 100%. maybe he would. Uh, <laughs> um, now I, I don't know, Gavin, are you able to hop on here? If you're too busy, you don't have to, but if you want to hop on, uh, you did give us a pretty good stat tonight. We're going to give you the option. Oh, there's there Gavin. He's How's it Gavin? going? How's it going? Good. Your audio is great. You're looking great. Oh my. Welcome Thank you, Waz. I appreciate it. I appreciate that coming from you, especially. So yeah, <laughs> no, it's uh no, it's a big win for the Oilers. And it's pretty funny. So I was, I was looking through um, the Oilers have actually brought in a first period lead now in uh six straight games and they've won every single one of them. So man, our hot starts are continuing for this Oilers team and they pick up a big win against the Chicago Blackhawks today. Yeah, I mean, and for how long, it, it was a long stretch there, right? Maybe a month, maybe two, where the, the storyline always was these slow stars for the Edmonton Oilers. How do they correct it? I don't know what they did, but they have corrected it. So that's a really encouraging sign. And, you know, not only getting that first goal, when leading after the first period, but continuing it on. And I'll go yeah. back to the the stretch they had playing Seattle and Vegas. And I think there was one more uh, Tampa where they were holding onto those one goal leads in the third period. Like they're really starting to figure things out five on five and on the penalty kills, getting better and, and closing out games, really encouraging to see. So yeah, that's a good stat you had there, Gavin and uh, happy to have you on here. For those who don't know, Gavin, the intern, I was, yeah, I was the intern. Informed. Yes. Yes. As of January. So happy to be here. So thanks. <laughs> Glad to have you on. Uh, was when you look at that and, and the, that stat, it kind of surprised me, maybe more so just the consistency that the Oilers were finding in getting those early leads. Uh, I don't think there's any way you can actually answer this because there's no way of knowing, but what changed? 
Um, I think what changed is the Oilers kind of realized, wow, okay, our season is somewhat on the line now. But there was a point where they were slightly, I think, outside of a playoff spot, and they realized, okay, we really need to amp up our game or we're going to be out of the playoffs, and we don't want to be doing year-end press conferences in April, April 12th, right? We don't want to be doing that. We want to go on a nice playoff run. We don't want to embarrass ourselves. I think it's just kind of that mentality. It's like, we got to wake, wake up. Right. So um, I, I think it's just one of those things. Also the Oilers are known for having a nice second half resurgence. We saw that under Woodcroft last year and Tori in our Facebook chat also mentioned that uh, keep in mind, Connor goes supernova in the last part of the season. We're not really in the last part of the season yet either. And he's already got 90 points. <laughs> so it's kind of just everybody stepping up their game and realizing there's a lot on the line if they miss the playoffs. For sure. So like, I just think like urgency is a big one right now too. Like obviously like that players only meeting, I think had a little bit something to do with it possibly as well. But yeah, urgency now, like you said, we're out of a playoff spot there for a while. So the fact that we're going on this huge stretch now is massive for the Oilers. Yeah. And we talked about it on Oilers Nation after dark back when that happened. And when you guys were down in Vegas, like uh, after they won there, maybe people thought they'd have a party. And uh, we thought, no, it's business right now. They got to go back. Yeah. They got to find their stride. Exactly. And they've continued to do so. Uh, Tori says, glad to see Gavin was uh, recovered from nation vacation. Uh, you guys are young. You guys don't need too much recovery yeah. <laughs> time. I heard some of the senior members might have needed a few more days, but you yeah. guys bounced back quick. I, I won't lie. I kind of, you know, my recovery process in Vegas. My regret in Vegas is that I did not drink more wine. Um, You're also with the slot machines there too. Was on the last. Oh, day. the slot machines were a good time because <laughs> our flight wasn't until like 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Vegas time, and I'm like, I got money, I got time to waste. I'm gonna hit the slots. I got really addicted. I won some dollars. I lost some dollars. <laughs> uh, the one highlight of Vegas I'll say is I remember um, I came after. Getting back to my room after a late night, I walk into my hotel room and our buddy Dangerous Wade is there doing a wine pairing with Taco Bell with uh, another buddy on the nation vacation. I'm just wondering what is happening. There's Taco Bell. There's like five different wines on the table. There's like, I was like, so nation vacations, you'll, you'll experience things. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what should be done. You should pair Taco Bell with wine. It's, it's classic. Go hand in hand for sure. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, over here on the YouTube, uh, Dr. Gonzo says, Gavin, jawline of Achilles in turn, send me his diet. Uh, when, when the Oilers win the cup, uh, Gavin will drop the, the routine, but, but yeah, not we'll quite it. yet. We'll we have to have some kind of incentive going forward, So and, that, and that's the number one right there. Oh, that's okay. what it will be. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you for, see, Was? If we're going to bring a nation vacation stories, Gavin has a story for with Jay and his phone. Oh yeah. So yeah, we're taking a cab down the Fremont and then we all hop out of the cab and then Jay's doing like the phone wallet keys check kind of thing. And he's like, I don't have my phone. So I see him start running after this cab and I'm like, okay, I got to go whole um, mission impossible mode on this. I seriously ran three blocks, zoom, chase down the cab. He was going through, like, I swear five green lights at a time, finally got him, but Hey, we got Jay's phone back. So that's all that matters. I know. You know what I'll say? That's when the intern tag should come off. Okay, buddy, you got a job. Yeah. I would have done it for everybody. I would have done it for anybody. I would <laughs> We're going to find a position for you. Uh, lots of messages here. Tyson says, love to see Kana get one, but especially so quickly after we oh. let one in our own net. Yeah, you could tell. I mean, there was the point there in the third where McDavid and Drysaddle were looking to feed Evander Kane. Um, I mean, that's yeah, a guy they're going to count on. You know, yeah, exactly. There's just so many storylines in this one hockey game. You know, Evander Kane's goal, Zach Hyman, 
um you know matt berlin uh it's just so many different storylines it's yeah. incredible like yeah you mentioned kane's goal and like we totally forgot that it's his first goal since he came back yeah, I knew it was going to be a good one for the Oilers, like especially on the scoring front too, because in our last few games against Chicago, we scored 11 goals. So like, I knew it was going to be a high-scoring affair for us going into this one. Mm-hmm. 100%, 100%. Uh, Larissa says finally a win in the retro jerseys. That was a big thing. Yeah. Was. I mean, you, you've okay. Is that dry saddle? Is that who you have there? No, I've got Ryan Nugent Hopkins actually. Ryan Nugent. Okay, I like yes. that. I like that. Uh, um, good for them. Oh, two and two heading yeah. into this game. A lot of people thought it was. Guaranteed last night because of those jerseys, but they found a way to get it done in it done. Uh, in big fashion. No more. So, are are you guys both on the side of bringing those back next year? Yes, I, I like it for me. Like I, I like the McFarland logo design, so I'm all for it. Yes and no, because I just know they won't bring it back. But I do love the jersey personally. Like I I love the McFarland design. I wish they didn't add so much orange, especially in the mm-hmm. middle. I think they could have went with That's like a bit of like, like a navy blue. But I love the jersey. I love like I just love the whole aesthetic of this reverse retro set. It's just a shame that they did so poor and then like two overtime losses. You know, I, I bought this as like a as a birthday present to myself, and it's just so sad to see how the results have gone. So I love yeah, the jersey that they bring it back. You have the matching toque already, right? I know, right? And I'm like, I'm not done. I'm going to buy the mug. <laughs> I'm going to buy the whole set, and then, especially if they're going to go maybe on clearance. I don't mind that. So, yeah. Uh, I'm sad with the way things have gone with the reverse retros. I will agree with you. And I, I'm a fair bit older than you guys. So like when the first Jersey came out, the McFarlane, I was like, I don't know, 10 had mm. to have it, loved it. So when I saw they brought the orange in, I was a little hesitant. I will yeah. say they look better on the ice than they did the first picture I saw on a desk, but uh, yeah, well, they're not bad. They're not bad. They are growing on me slowly. Uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Tori says, always love the McFarland Jersey. And Nathan on Facebook says the Oilers need to do what the flames do and wear four jerseys during the season. It'd be cool if the NHL is just like, you know what? Go buck, do whatever you want. If you want to wear 20 different jerseys, like the old Oregon ducks football Oregon team, ducks, go for it. Say. Yeah. Like <laughs> have some fun with it. Technically. Technically, we do have four jerseys if we include the reverse retros because we do have those odd navy ones we wear, the way, the home, right? So we do mm-hmm. technically have four jerseys. Um, I, if anything, I would love if the Oilers just kept like this sort of blue and just added it onto another jersey. Like I just love this, like uh, this navy blue. I just love it. It, it was awesome during like the mid two thousands. Yeah, I mean, I've I've long said if you take the Bakersfield Condors navy blue and just put the Oilers logo on it, I think you have the perfect Oilers jersey. I mean, the Royal Blue is fantastic as well, but do that for a little while. The Condors nailed it. I don't know if the Oilers will do it because the Condors had it first, but I think that would be a good look. Uh, QF Pro says 82 different jerseys. Yeah, you, you got lots of possibilities out there. Mixing some orange every once in a while, maybe a copper. Maybe you bring that like weird sideways oil guy back. Uh, that could be one for oh, sure. The oil, um, the oil driller. Here's the old shoulder patch on the, the kind of the copper and blue. Yeah, yeah maybe that yeah, would be a good one. Go. Like Gavin, what's up, buddy? Yeah, no. Um, wh- wh- like, what do you think is like our biggest concern going to the second half of the season here? Hmm. Biggest concern going to the second half of the season. I think it still might be defense slightly. It's it's really hard to pinpoint something right now because they've had so many good games aside from Columbus. So I will go with just having more better team defense. Yeah, and I mean that's something they they have improved upon. Uh, I, sure. I still think you know 
just because they're on this winning streak, I still think Ken Holland does have to be making phone calls and this might even be a better time to do so because now teams know he's not in a position where he's desperate, where he has to make these plays and they try to get a little bit more out of him. So I, I still think he looked to add and whether that is a guy like Jonathan Taves or, you know, more help a physical player on the blue line, I think that would be good. I think, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs have shown us you need depth defensively. Although we're starting to see some of these younger Oilers players take a step in the mm. right direction. Um, I, I still don't think it hurts to make some phone calls and see. Uh, what do you think, Gavin? Yeah, like what do you guys think of a guy like Sam Lafferty who we just played tonight? He's a center, obviously. He's a bit cheaper. He's making 1.1 and he's locked up again for next season. That's I, I wouldn't mind that, especially with after the tilt with Kulak. Like he's showing that he's willing to drop the gloves, stand up for his teammates, and that I think his name has been mentioned a few times. But another name that was mentioned uh t- tonight was Elliot Friedman said the Oilers have interest in Nick Bukestad on the Arizona Coyotes. So I'm very interested to see if there'll be anything there. He might be a cheap addition. I don't I haven't really seen the contract details, but um Tori mentions also injury. Like, you know, if Kyler Yamamoto was kind of a little injury prone here, that could be concerning. Um, I know Garrett on Facebook also says goaltending and defense. I think goaltending so far has been pretty steady last maybe few month and a half. Uh, defense, like I said, should probably be it. But yeah, go ahead, guys. I mean, I, I personally don't see them making move goaltending wise. I don't yeah, know no. what you do. I mean, you, you can hope that it continues to trend in the direction it has and you'd, you'd be good with that. I don't see them making any more moves. I like Peter saying on the YouTube chat, play better at home. I mean, yeah, that yeah, that's, that's a big one. one. There, there's really no reason. Yeah, exactly. Take advantage of the home ice. Uh, and you got that last change. You'd like to see see the coaching staff take advantage of that. And I, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, maybe playing on the road. I, I've heard all the, the arguments, you know, you can play simpler and, you know, that sort of thing. But I think that's a really good one from Peter playing better at home would be crucial for these guys down the stretch here. Yeah. And that's crazy too. Cause like, I know last year our home record was, was extremely good. So I don't know what changed like going into this one. Neither do I. It's, 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 it's strange. I know somebody was saying on, uh, on, uh, Oilers nation every day is like, Oh, the Oilers play like too cute at home or something. They try to be kind of too fancy and show up to the fans. So I, I don't really know. It's it's one of those hard things that's hard to pinpoint. I'm sure the team wants to fix that. They want, they probably want to win more games at home, right? So uh, I remember last year I went to a bunch of Warriors games uh, during the second half of the year, and it was like every game I go to would be a win because they were so good at home at the time. And this year I've gone to a few games. It's been like, oh, you know, up and down results. So uh, I think we're going to start to see more home wins here just because the team in general is starting to play better. Yeah, the Oilers last season at home, 28-12-1. Like, really yeah, good. Exactly. Rodgers exactly. was a tough place to play. This uh, And then on the road, 21-15-5. So they are, they are good everywhere, but really good at home. I mean, if they can yeah. get back to that way, obviously that's going to be big. Uh, Tori on Facebook says, uh, I believe they're injury. The play ramps up. Boys may get hurt, need to be wary. So, yeah, I mean, I guess depth all around, adding depth of positions would always be good for the Oilers uh, to look at. But, uh, yeah, I mean, right now, pretty encouraging to see what this team is doing and for us to struggle and, like, how how do you improve this team? Oh, man, just keep riding it out. I think we're going to learn what this team needs to really improve upon is when they take on tougher opponents like the Avalanche, Rangers, and Bruins in February. Other than that, they don't have too tough of a competition going into February. Uh, February, when they come back seventh, they play Detroit, uh, Philly, Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit again, and then they take on the Rangers. 
And then they got Philly again in February. So this you got the best team in the league in the Boston Bruins in February. And that's gonna be a huge measuring stick for this game. I'm very excited to see how that'll pan out. And of course, you got the Colorado Avalanche, a team the Oilers are who are looking to kind of replicate in a sense, right? So um, I'm really excited to see how February pans out for the Oilers. Yeah, the end of February, like you're talking about, you've got Boston, Toronto, then back-to-back with Winnipeg, home and home. Then you're in Buffalo, who will, I think, present a challenge. Boston, Toronto. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be kind of the measuring stick games, I think. And, you know, obviously going out on the road for a couple of them uh, towards the end. Actually, no, those are... uh, all at home for the most part, a couple games to start off with, but then you come home. Yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. But until then, a lot of winnable games, a chance to kind of keep on growing. And I don't know, I, I mentioned it. Do you guys think that it changes at all? The, uh, the trade, I don't know, urgency. Like if you're Ken Holland or geez, does anything change for you? Are you trying to make it move? Or do you think he's sitting back a little bit saying, let's just see how this plays out because we've seen, in the past where you know he likes it he trusts his plan he kind of rides it out just to see what happened worked for him so earlier this year he didn't panic and make a move and obviously start to find their game but uh do you think we see any moves before the deadline before the uh, deadline i go, uh, go ahead was no you go ahead you, 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 yeah first. um yeah so I, yeah, like you said, I like you said, Connor, urgency is a big one for us. I, I Obviously, we are in win-now mode, especially Connor McDavid, Leon Dressel on your team. You have to be in win-now mode. Um, a trade before the deadline, I don't think so. Obviously, I see Ken Holland working the phones like he already is, and like that's already been reported. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm not really counting on it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ken waits until the deadline, uh, partly because the rest of the league has been quiet. We've only seen one trade so far, and that was with San Jose earlier this week. So I don't be surprised if Ken is also waiting until the deadline. He's going to kind of watch what the league's doing. He's always been kind of a patient guy. There probably will be moves with the deadline 100%, and there might be a move before. Um, it just really depends on how the league is as a whole, I think. Uh, you, it's just there hasn't been even a lot of trades in general this year, right? So um, Ken Holland, he's the type of guy who really tr- tries to trust in his team. Um, he said in multiple press conferences where – he looks to the you know development of players in his team. Like I think it was a press conference um, prior to the, the season starting. I can't remember where he's like, it's it's vital that players like Broberg take a step forward, Bouchard, uh, even Borgo and Bakersfield. That watching players just take a step forward within your organization is kind of what Ken Holland values a little bit more. He wants the depth of the team as a whole to just improve as the season progresses. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, it is good to see that, right? It, it mm-hmm. took a little bit longer, but we are starting to see it pay off. I remember back, I think it was the 2017 team when I think Peter Chiarelli, sorry for bringing him up, kind of had a similar thought process with Drake Kajula and Matt Benning, and they didn't take those steps, and it resulted in missing the playoffs. I mean, now McDavid and Settle obviously have gone even further in their development, but... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Have we, have we lost Connor? Quite possibly. That, oh, there's that's going to make here. things difficult. We got a little leg here. We got a little leg here, I think. We're good now. We're good now. We're good. We're good. Yeah. All right. My Wi-Fi is not very good, so uh, I'm, I'm surprised we made it this far without <laughs> without having too much of a major issue. Uh, but yeah, just the the LTIR half the teams in the league dealing with that cap space becomes a problem. But I mean, I've said this um, during the day job. I love when teams are aggressive and any sport. Like I just look at the San Francisco 49ers this year. They had great running backs. They go and they get Christian McCaffrey, and look what it does. Now they're the final four team in the league. So I'd love to see the aggressiveness from the teams that are you know already playing well. And I think that it does make it easier for a new player to join the room when you're winning and they bring them in and the moods are good. Like I, I think there is an element of that that can play a factor as well. Um, how about Dr. Gonzo? Does anyone think Yamo is missed? Obviously, something's going on there. They're, they're not giving us too much information. Some people have speculated upper body and upper, upper body. I mean, I think you guys know what the reports Mm -hmm. might be. Can't come back till February 12th. Um, Where do you think he slots in when he does come back was? Probably I I would, I would say maybe on the third line, try to limit his minutes, especially if it is a concussion. I'm not too sure, but you kind of want to progress him in slowly. I would say that's, that's not a fun injury or you know to handle right so it, it's it's tough to see and 
I, I think Kyler Yamamoto being hurt maybe hinders the possibility of against a Poyarvi trade, right? Like him being injured alone and having health issues right now will it's, it's going to ca- cause problems when it comes to trading players, right? I think. How about you, Gavin? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat there too. You just kind of want to ease him back in the lineup. And like, I know sometimes he can line up next to McDavid and skate alongside 97, but the way he's rolling right now, I'm not really touching McDavid's line. So yeah, I would say somewhere around the third line as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a good way to do it. Uh, Warren Fogle, healthy scratch tonight. Uh, I was on the pregame show with Gazzola on TSN and we both kind of thought it might be yes, uh, Warren Fogle gets the the call to sit up in the press box. Did that surprise you guys? And then I guess second part of that, what do you think of JP tonight? Um, I think um, Pooley has been fine recently. Like it, it, it's interesting. I, I, I tend to watch the Pooley RV debate on Twitter unfold and it's like one side of the fan base does not like him at all. They think he's completely useless. There's one side of the fan base who absolutely adores him. He thinks he does all the like small things right. I think it was Anthony Stewart in the first intermission on sports and he was saying how, yeah, you know, yes, a Pooley Army just does the little things that you don't really notice in the hockey game. Um and I don't mind him. I think he's a fine player, like especially if he's playing in the bottom six. I'm not gonna overhype him. I'm not gonna you know tear down the player. I think he's just been honestly just steady. Right. I, I don't think we're ever going to expect Pulley to be a point producer. Um, and that that's fine. I think, I think we should have to accept that. It's, I, I like the way I view Pulley Arby. He's been a more of a disruptor at times and he's got a nice little defensive side to his game. So you can tell he's been trying to put in a little bit more effort into his game and try to fight for minutes in this lineup. And it's been good to see. So I like Jesse Pulley Arby, but I also don't think he's like, you know, the greatest defensive forward on earth, right? As some people may make him out to be, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think it goes to show that Jay Woodcroft and Anamitunas are done with Pugliar because he played the least amount of minutes in, in the game today. He played just over 10 minutes. Really? Like, yeah, he just played over 10 minutes of ice time. So I think Woodcroft is done with Yessi, and I, I, I do think he's on his way out as like all of us do. Mm-hmm. I <clears throat> I wrote it down here, and I just want to bring up the Oilers uh, ice ice time there, because at the end of the second period, Drysaddle only played twelve sixteen. McDavid was at fifteen, and Nurse was at fourteen. And I thought maybe you know under the circumstances, you're up five one at that point. Yeah. Maybe JP would be a guy to really get the heavy minutes. I think he was at seven minutes played <laughs> in the first forty. And then he only got yeah. three more minutes. Like I know they were trying to get Kane yeah. going and I think trying to get Barry the hat trick and, you know, load those lines up a little bit clean cost. And I think was out there for a bit, mm-hmm. but really surprising not to see Yasupoli RV thrown out there every second shift. I, th- I thought they tried to get him going. Yeah. I know he had that great opportunity, but a little bit surprising actually. Or even just like to showcase on the other teams at this point now too, right? Like, like you said, we're up five one. So why not get mm-hmm. him a little bit more ice time and kind of showcase him a little bit? Yeah, I'm just looking here on NHL's website. They have him listed at uh, 10 minutes, 54 uh, seconds of time on ice. So that's the lowest among all Oilers players tonight. And that is weird. I, I don't know. He's such a polarizing player. Yes, of Pooley Like, for an example, is like, I it was the first period. I think it was the first 10 minutes. And he kind of, like, didn't wasn't sure what to do with the puck. And he didn't really cause a turnover or anything. He kind of just skated it backwards. But then, you know, I saw the reaction on Twitter. It's like a couple of people were saying, Oh, great play by Pooley RV. He, you know, if he if he didn't do that, it would have been a goal easily. And then there's one side of the fan base is like, oh, idiot, what's, what's he doing? He doesn't know what he's doing with the puck. So he's such a weird player. I don't know. 
I mean, he, he brings it, right? He, he yeah. flies around out there. I mean, I, the one thing that's always just been a little bit frustrating for me is that where has he improved? I mean, yes. go back to the, the developmental yeah. curve with Leon Drysaddle. I mean, after his first year, we thought, oh, man, he, can he skate? Next year he comes back, he can, he can skate. Then all of a sudden he's adding this element of finishing where he's putting the puck in from the most acute angle. He's just putting it in there. He's adding elements to his yeah. game. And with Yesipoli-Arby, I mean, what area of the game has he improved upon? I think he's gotten stronger. I think he, as, a, as an athlete, mm. he's gotten better. But his hockey skills to me have just kind of stayed the same. And that's the most discouraging thing to me. If I was yeah. him, I'd be like, Connor, uh, Leon, can I come work out with you? Can I train with you guys? Like, talking to skills coaches that's that's probably the most disappointing thing for me but i root for him because if he put it all together i mean it, it, it does seem like it's all there no for sure and and just like obviously i look at his point production too and that's extremely frustrating for me um mm-hmm. he has 10 points through his first 48 games this season and for a former fourth overall pick that's obviously not what you want right so that's extremely frustrating and like you said connor i just don't see where he's improved yeah, yeah. and disappointing yeah, yeah, 100%. It's like that for me throughout the season, his offensive production was frustrating. It's like he can't bury a goal. He can't get a couple assists. But like some people do mention, and I've noticed a few times, especially in the last month, is like he tends to do little small things, like especially on the forecheck and just disrupting the play a little bit and just make, giving the Oilers better, you know, go, uh, chances going forward. So it's a little small things, but still like, is that enough? Right. Like you see all these guys on Twitter and they're like, oh, look at the analytics that Pooley Army does. But like, yeah. I, I don't know if I buy that sometimes. Yeah. And it's not like we're not giving him the opportunity or have given the opportunity in the past, too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, Gregor's brought it up a bunch of times. The majority of his minutes or the most of his minutes played with has been with McDavid. <laughs> and unfortunately, people are never going to forget he was a fourth overall pick and yeah. $3 million. I mean, that's yeah. just things that people are always going to hang on to Chuck, too. So that also hurts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Imagine him on the Oilers. That would have been something. The way I view Pugliarvi, if he was scoring kind of like Derek Ryan was, we wouldn't have any issues with him. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just the goal scoring. That's the offense. We want to see more production out of this guy just because, and you see right now this Oilers lineup, a lot of these players are scoring like Clem Costin, Ryan McLeod. Um, you know, the bottom six is starting to improve a bit. And yes, the player was kind of been stagnant in a sense. Uh, Liam in the YouTube chat, I, I believe you guys know Liam. He says, Gavin, great background. Uh, the mirrors are trippy. I kind of lost <laughs> in here. Uh, says, we'll never forget you, Bison King. Liam, uh, I'd like to ask you how many bananas tonight? I think that um, it had oh, to be like a, still there. Yeah. like a casual one banana night. There couldn't have been too much stress, but a casual one banana. Um, Pro Pickle Juice Oiler fan. Great name. I'm not a fan myself. JP has been a floater for over a year, in my opinion. Yes, he's decent support, but he sure knows how to keep the puck cold with all the fanning he does. Yeah. yeah. And I just I mean, go ahead. I, I, to me, it's just like... Is it as simple as hiring a skills coach? And just for an off season, man, like I want him to take 500 one timers a day, or like do those things on ice drills that Connor McDavid does, and just improve upon those sort of things. Try to make it muscle memory, where you know he's just taking those shots, and we do see it. We do see him working after practice with Leon Drysaddle and working on those things. But um, just finding that commitment—that that's the, the most frustrating thing for me. Yeah, and like 
Go ahead, Gavin. No, and and obviously for a player like that too, like it's definitely mentally exhausting too for Pulleyarvi. Just seen his stuff like in the in the media consistently, but at the same time, he he's gotten the opportunity, he just hasn't mm-hmm. succeeded with it. So, I, I think the media attention he's gotten has been a little bit too over exaggerated. Like it's not really deserved, I feel. But I like the comment that um, Peter King made on. Uh, YouTube is like, careful, I dissed JP only slated last week and I got death threats. And you never want to get death threats, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Like you say one bad thing about Pulley RV and people go after you. It's like, look, I think the guy can be frustrating to watch. Like, like I mentioned earlier in the first period, he I don't know what the hell he was doing with the puck. I, I like he his his decision making was just so slow at the moment. It's like you don't want to see that with a team that's going to contend for a Stanley Cup, right? Like, 100%. So. And, I mean, the time you have in the regular season is one thing. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, I mean, it's going to be good teams. are going to be hard forechecking. It's, it's going to be even less. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely something uh, I do believe we got an answer from Liam. No bananas, a couple Cokes. Nice, man. Uh, Coke or Pepsi, I wonder. Is he a Coke guy? You guys see him around the office? No. I haven't seen him drink Coke or Pepsi, so just a lot of bananas. A lot of bananas. He likes his coffee. Lemon poppy seed twists that you can get from the bakery downstairs. Yes. Yes. Man, are you guys having a bakery down there? I, I was only there for like a minute. I'm like, this this building's amazing. Yes. It's a double-edged sword for sure. Uh, yeah. I, definitely something I don't need. I used to work in a bakery and I don't need to go back to that lifestyle. Uh, I just want to get to this one here from Loomis on Twitter. He says, yo, Con man, I know it's hard to keep up with all the chats, but I want to give a shout out to Dayarnay for talking about his mental health during media scrums. I think it's important to highlight. And you know what? I, I think that's one of those things that comes with a guy who is 26 years old and has been through what he has, you know, four years mm-hmm. of college, worked his way up. I mean, if you hear him candidly, one-on-one interviews, he's fantastic. He'll give you well-thought-out answers. Um, we had him on the Jason Greger show, and he kind of talked about, like, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy that when people look at me and say, oh, he's still in the league. He wants it to be, oh, he deserves to be here, and he should continue to be here. He's The maturity's there, right? Like, And, I, and I'm sure he looks at some of these guys on his team that have been in the league for five years, and they're the same age. For him, it's just like, it's all there mentally and you know he had a, a couple great plays again tonight uh he's one of those guys when you hear him speak you, you just have to root for him hey for sure for sure and like since he stepped in the lineup he's doing everything right he's doing everything right he's taking this opportunity and he's running he's running with it so it's awesome to see yeah you can't really fault him he's got a lot of confidence behind him right now i think I, uh, this earlier this week i put a clip on oilers nation's uh instagram and I think one of the reporters is asking him, do you feel like you belong in this league? And he says, yeah, I feel like I belong 100%. And it was like, you love to see that confidence from him. You love to see his emergence this year. Like, I remember last year I was hearing about him. Um, I, I I don't remember who it was. I think it was Ryan Holt. He was on the pregame show last season with Tyler and Caroline. And Ryan Holt mentioned, like, how he has this, like, massive wingspan. He's, like, six foot seven. I'm, like, hearing about this guy. I'm like, this guy's a... He's a giant. I want to see him in the NHL one day. So it's awesome to see like just him coming through the ranks, 26, seventh round pick in 2016. And he's been doing the right things, as Gavin said, like the way he's able to get the puck on net and create a chance. His stick is massive. Like it's just, it's frightening to see it. If I was, it's just, I, I'm loving Vinny Darren every day. I think all the Oilers fans are. Okay, guys, here's one for you. Ryan Rashad, TSN, says, Woodcroft said the players, or sorry, the idea to put Berlin in came from the players, McDavid specifically. They checked with Campbell as well. He said he was on board. He also says they meant no disrespect to the Hawks. So 
I mean, one, that's awesome. Now let's pretend we're Blackhawks fans. Are you actually offended by this? Is it disrespectful to put in uh, e-bug? I mean, if, if this is just me going to say like, hey, don't go down 7-3. Keep it a close game and that doesn't happen. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah, exactly. Don't put yourself in that situation then. Yeah. Um, ha- no, definitely. Like, I would not feel disrespected whatsoever. And like you said, don't don't go down 7-3 in the first place then. I would I would say if I was a Blackhawks fan, I'd say we deserve it if we're playing that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in that organization's history, they they deserve a little bad yeah. karma, I think. Exactly. You know what, someone might, on... Go ahead, Was. They're, they're probably going to get Connor Bedard, so, so what? Uh, one of the comments to that tweet was it was 100% disrespect good luck trading for Kane or Taves now Oilers wouldn't make the goalie switch if it's a one goal game well yeah obviously they're not going to make the switch if it's a one goal game there'd be no point Uh, but honestly I feel like if you're Jonathan Taves and the offer comes in and they're like hey we got a deal worked out for you to go play with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Hyman Ryan Nugent Hopkins etc Evander Kane He's not going to say, well, they did put in their e-bug against us, so I'm not yeah. going there. Like, yeah, come exactly. on. Exactly. And I bet, I, think, I bet Taves. I wouldn't worry too much about that. Exactly. <laughs> I bet Taves would have let it happen in Chicago as well. Like, he was, a, yeah, let's do it. If, the, if it was the opposite thing going on, he would, he would have let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like people might take a step back and say, yeah, that was a pretty yeah. cool moment for that kid, 25 years old. Obviously, didn't NHL doesn't look like it was going to be in his path. And tonight it happened. I mean, it's awesome. I don't know if you guys can actually see that. This might just be awful, but that's him with the golden bears pads. I love it. I think that's so cool. Hey, at least they didn't lose to a Zamboni driver. Exactly. Exactly. Tough to top that one. Um, All right, guys. Well, we've been going for a little bit of a while here. Uh, I'll ask you this. Uh, We're off until the 7th of february so yep. we got a little bit of time off with oilers nation after dark i don't know maybe we might just show up here one night and, and talk oilers for a little bit but uh if you were one of the oilers you got all this time off where would you be heading are you guys going back to back to vegas or what i'm going to cabo cabo okay the boys have mentioned cabo a couple of times in the podcast i'll just go to cabo i'll go somewhere nice yeah um yeah that's a tough one Probably Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. That's definitely on the bucket list. So beautiful up there for me. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's not on, on the same time frame, but if you wanted to go to Toronto, you could do so with the Nation Vacation, March 10th to 12th. See the Oilers leave, stay at the Royal York Hotel, check out nationgear.ca, an experience powered by AME Travel. And uh, that would be a nice trip. I mean, you guys been to Toronto before? You could see a Jays game. Yes. Not on this particular trip, but the Hockey Hall of Fame. I have not, but I've heard Toronto uh, FC games are good. I don't think the season will be back up by then. But in, if you're ever in Toronto, check out a TFC game. I've heard it's, I've heard it's very fun. Yeah, so you, I've been to Toronto a couple of times. I absolutely love the city, so it's definitely a must see. Go on the nation vacation. Stay at the Royal York. Go to a hockey game. Sitting in a suite, I believe, and then yep. scout places to go back in the summer. Go so- to a soccer game. Go to a baseball game. AMA travel. Uh, another one here, just quickly, Cornerstone Insurance. Shout out to, to them. Um, you can get a quote now in just a few minutes at cornerstoneins.ca slash nation and use discount code nation for an exclusive rate. And since we're rattling all these off, how about uh, Betway? Now, the Oilers are off for a while, but uh, we got some NFL football coming up tomorrow. Uh, Gavin, I know you're a big NFL guy. Yes. Cat Dallas yes. Cowboys, I'm sorry. As a Chargers yeah, fan. Well, last week was a tough one. It was a tough one but it is what it is i'm a cowboys fan so i'm used to it so 
just another year. <laughs> hey, 31 fan bases are going to be mad. Was <laughs> are you an NFL guy at all? No, not really. I just pay attention to the halftime show, and that's about it. Ah, Rihanna this Fair year. Yeah, Who's, your Who's your soccer team? Uh, Manchester United. Mm, okay. Yeah, so... I'm a Liverpool guy, so we'll <laughs> <laughs> just end it right there. Uh, how about you, uh, Gavin? You got a soccer team? I do not. I do not. No. Yeah, I'm just strictly uh, hockey, football, and baseball. So North America. Uh, nothing nice. wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Michelle on Facebook says, tonight was a great win. It really was. You know, we we had a hard time when it came to the good, mm-hmm. the bad, the oily, finding the bad. It, it was yeah, just that, everything that was going well. So uh, those are the nights you love to have. And and someone brought up, you know, if they don't go far in the playoffs, this doesn't matter. Well, enjoy it. Live in the moment mm-hmm. for this one. Mm-hmm. It's uh, good uh, as our stats right there. Jack Campbell picks up his stri- sixth straight win between the pipes. Great sign for the Oilers. He can enjoy some time off. I hear a bunch of them are going down to Mexico, actually. So they're going to go and get in that hot weather. I think Campbell might be doing some scouting for his upcoming wedding. That's what uh, Tom Gazzola had mentioned on our pregame show on TSN. So. The guys will be busy. Uh, Peter says, my prediction, Arizona gets Bedard, then signs Matthews when he's a UFA. Oh, I, I think a lot of Oilers fans would laugh at that. Like a lot of Canadian fans. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Sergeant Battle 4, I'm late, but I made it. Big W. Yeah, Sergeant, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Dr. Gonzo, Chi-Town decided to win too many games lately to get the other Connor. Connor Halley greater than Connor Bedard. I wish. I really here's wish. A, here's man. a question to end off if we're ending. Uh, will Derek Ryan surpass his career high in goals? 47 games played so far this year. He's got seven goals. His career high is 15. Does Derek Ryan surpass his goal? Career goal total. Uh, coming off a big one today, I have good vibes, so I'm going to say yes. Let's do it. Man, I hate to bring the negativity, but I'm going to say no. <laughs> Prove me yeah, wrong. I, I was with you, Connor, but I, I just I, I have to to say. 15, goals, that'd be good. If he does that, then I don't know. Well, we'll do something to celebrate. We'll pop yes. a bottle on the show to celebrate because that will be awesome. We're I'll rooting well. for him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Now, I guess I'll just be a little negative to wrap this show up tonight. <laughs> Guys, uh, thanks for doing this tonight. That was a lot of fun, and uh, it sure makes it easier when the Oilers are winning hockey games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially on a win like tonight. We'll take it. 100%. So as we go into the All-Star break, uh, the Edmonton Oilers now sitting fourth in the Pacific. Uh, who would have thought the Seattle Kraken in first? Uh, 63 points with a couple games in hand of the other teams that are right there. Vegas in second with 62. LA Kings, 62. The Oilers, 60. But the Oilers have two games in hand of the Kings and a game in hand of the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, in the wild card spot, uh, it's going to be interesting. The Colorado Avalanche turning the corner there at 57, the Flames at 57, and then Nashville kind of lingering along there at 54 points. So uh, it's going to be a fun rest of the season. I don't want to say second half, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we will see what happens. Connor McDavid, I think, at 92 points now, just doing what only he can do. Okay, guys, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Big thank you to again to Cornerstone Insurance, AMA Travel, and Betway. Uh, thanks for tuning in tonight. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy a little time off. And I'm, I'm going to talk to the bosses at Oilers Nation and see if they'll let us hop on maybe Wednesday or something, some random time, just to see how that goes. But thank you guys for tuning in so much tonight. If you're on Facebook, thank you. We see you. Twitter as well. And on YouTube, what do we say? Hit the like button. 
if you haven't already. And if you're listening to this on podcast or Facebook or whatever, YouTube later on, make sure you like it to download, subscribe. We got to boost the algorithm or whatever it is that your M Chuck says, keep doing that. And uh, again, thanks for tuning in guys. Thank you to you. And we'll talk to you guys uh, later on here on Oilers nation after dark. Thanks guys.